Welcome to Conversation Pace. I'm your host, Brian Rossetti. In this episode, I interviewed Christina Welsh to learn more about her incredible improvement the past few years. Christina ran a 3.29 in her marathon debut in 2019. Then, this past January, she qualified for the Olympic trials with a 2.33 in Houston. Christina is based out of St. Petersburg, Florida, where she's pursuing her PhD in marine biology at USF talk a lot about her progression in the sport and her training over the past few years. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Christina, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So we'll just tell the audience here, we're having some technical difficulty. It's a part of podcasting, I guess. Um, So we're going to give it a shot here. Um, Thanks for for taking time to be on the show. We're excited to have you. Yeah, of course. So you're in St. Petersburg now, correct? I am, yes, in Florida. And we have talked about the weather being terrible here in the northeast, but you're complaining because it's in the 50s, right? Yes, it's freezing by our standards. <laughs> but you're from New Jersey, so you're you're still used to it, or maybe not. How long have you been down there? So I've been in Florida for three years, so I am now totally not adapted to the cold at all. I mean, if it's below 60 degrees, I freak out. Really? So just three years, that's it? Yep, that was long enough. <laughs> But what about in the summer? I mean, are you then um, envious of you know wanting to be back north or no? You're still appreciated. Um, well, it's really hot here in the summer and humid, but it's still not as bad as snow in the winter. So I think overall it's still better. And what about training though? Like even running in the summer, there's no, you still would prefer it. Yeah. I mean, my first summer here, it was really terrible. And all of my runs were like just awful. And I had to take a lot of breaks because it was so hot. But after being here for a couple of years, I kind of just got used to it. Now I don't really notice it so much anymore. Really? So you, you feel like you have adapted. Obviously, you can only adapt so much. It's still going to be difficult to train through. But you feel like you've adapted and you're used to it now. Yeah, it's not so bad anymore. What do you do like in the summer in terms of getting out? Are you still taking like extra precaution to go out super early or in the evening? Or how do you generally handle it? Yeah, I'll make more of an effort to get out earlier in the day um just like pretty much as soon as the sun comes up um and then you just have to pay more attention to hydration and stuff throughout the day i guess but it's really not as bad as people make it out to be (laughs) um so Talk a little bit. Um, I know you ran high school in New Jersey, but you had said that you didn't start until junior year. So I'm just curious, what was the catalyst for you starting um, at that point? Um, yeah, so I had already been running. I started running just like for fun, um, like around town when I was like maybe 14 or so. And then I don't know what exactly made me join the track team that year, but I just knew I liked running. So I might as well just run on the team. So. <laughs> so it was more running for fun there was no like competitive aspect to it or there was no moment where you felt like hey i'm pretty good at this it was mostly just social and fun yeah and i mean i did like competing and like before i joined the team i just did all of my runs just like easy jogging so it was fun to start you know getting more into training and doing workouts and stuff like that but the team itself wasn't super competitive um we weren't like a big running high school or anything like that so it still had a very like a low-key kind of vibe to it what was the coach like how did they approach it um we really didn't have much of a distance 
specific coach, honestly. Um, like she would give us workouts, but there wasn't really a coherent training plan, I would say, like as far as like peaking for things, like preparing for certain races. We were kind of just the team was so small that it was more just like trying to get people to participate than actually like trying to train a team to do well. Um, yeah. Was there were there any fast runners, anyone who had an influence on you or was it just um, like, how did you start off? What was your, your 5k um, time and, and how did you feel? Um, So I only did one season of cross country in high school and I think I ran like 20, 30 something. Okay. Um, but so I had no concept of like, if I was a good runner or a bad runner when I was in high school, because I was the only girl who really like was on the distance in the distance group and was like taking training really seriously and actually showed up to practice every day um it was like me and then like four or five guys who would come to practice and that was like our whole distance team wow so and what year and, was this what year was this christina um this was 2014 2013 to 2014 okay so you had really no reference you weren't like a fan of the sport either it was just kind of you started getting into it because you were on the team and that's what you needed to do to train pretty much i had no idea what was going on there was <laughs> so of those guys who were on the team there was one who actually knew about running and he like got recruited to a d1 school and everything so whatever he told me was just what i knew like he was the only person who was actually into running that i knew in my life Wow. And then what about senior year? Did that you said you only did cross one season and then but did did you do track too? Yeah, so I joined the track team spring of my junior year of high school and then I ran three seasons my senior year. Did you like track better or cross country? Mm, I liked track better because so in high school, like I said, there wasn't really that many distance runners on the team. So mm. for cross country, there was just like nobody there. But then for track, it was all the other event groups. So it just felt like more like a group activity did you so i know you ran in college um so talk a little bit about where you went did you make some improvements senior year and then plan like oh i want to run in college or did you again just kind of get to school where you wanted to study and then say oh they have a track cross-country team I'll, I'll participate too and walk on how did it play out it was more of the second one um so i went to a school called stockton university um it was pretty it's not like a really huge school or anything and I went there mainly for the academics um and I just emailed the coach to see if I could be on the team and he said yes so then that was how I ended up joining the team in college <laughs> that's great so then what about like training structure like what it was that a big transition for you that there was a little bit more to the training and workouts or was it pretty much similar to what you had been doing um so it was extremely different but I liked that a lot about it um compared to high school it was actually you know structured workouts and a structured training plan and there was like a justification for why we were doing things and like working towards you know the championship races and i liked that it had that kind of focus to it more um and then obviously i liked that there was an actual team of other people that i could run with that made it a lot more fun too but yeah and so you got more competitive through college uh, like well for first 
how much were you running in high school? And then how much did the coach have you running in college? So honestly, I have absolutely no idea how much I was running in college because I didn't have a GPS watch. And I just no don't log? Know. No log? No, nothing. I have no record of that. <laughs> so there was nothing like the coach wasn't like, hey, this week we're going to run 50 miles a week or there was no. No, I cannot emphasize enough how little coaching we had. There was one season where we didn't even have a distance coach. The, the person who was technically in charge of us was the throws coach. And we never saw him one time. Really? <laughs> like, I actually, to this day, don't know where our training was coming from that season. Because so I said there was that one guy who like was more into running than everyone else. We would get to the track. The only people at the track was us five. And he would tell us what to do. And I have absolutely no idea where that information was coming from. That's in high school. You mean. Yeah, that was in high school. Right. So, so what would you guess? Like, how much were you probably running? Any, if you had to guess, I have absolutely no idea. I didn't have a GPS watch, and I had never had one, so like, I didn't even have a clear sense of like how far a mile really was. Like, wow. So, like, on the weekend for like a longer run, did you do something like that? So you have no reference for like how long you would go out, like for an hour, or less, more, nothing. I don't know. In high school, I don't even think we had practice on the weekends. Right. Right. And then in college, what would you guess? Okay. So in college, I actually know we were running maybe like it was still a relatively low mileage um, team. We were doing maybe like 40 something miles a week in college. Okay. And then what'd you run for 5k in college or was that not a focus? Um. So yeah, I would say, I guess that the 5k was probably my main event in college. And I ran, I think my college PR was in 1828. So you said, you said 1828. Yeah. Okay, cool. Which Under. is significantly slower than my current marathon pace. I know. <laughs> I was yes. not a so, great 5K runner. So 54.7 dot um, 556 pace, marathon equivalent 256. Um, you were running 40 some miles a week, but, but at the time, did you consider yourself like you preferred shorter distance or longer at that point? Or was like 5k where you felt the strongest? So I knew that longer distance was going to be better for me, but for the team overall, the majority of the girls performed better on like a lower mileage, higher intensity kind of training. So that's what the coach gave us. And I kind of just had no choice to, but to do it. So like I knew deep down that I was better suited for longer distance and higher mileage, but it just wasn't really an option at the time. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um, so I think I should have started by saying congrats. You you qualified um, for the Olympic trials and the marathon, 233 in Houston. And so I want to talk a lot about that. I just wanted to get a quick backstory because it's I did read that I think your marathon debut, and we could talk about whether that was just with a friend or participating, but I um or you didn't run too much for it, but your debut I read, correct me if I'm wrong, 329 in 2019. Yep, that was my first marathon. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. So now down to 233, what, less than three years from that? Yeah, about, about two and a half. Unbelievable. So what was your goal coming in to Houston? You had run 244. Again, we'll we'll get to how you got from 329 to 244. But just curious what your goal was coming into Houston. Going into Houston, my goal was to qualify for the Olympic trials. So I wanted to run sub 237. Um, okay. But I was not even told. 
totally confident that that was going to happen, honestly. Just based on training or you just felt like, man, this is a whole new territory for me? I mean, a little of both. Um, like it is, a, it was an 11 minute PR for me. So it's kind of hard to like, you know, expect an 11 minute PR. Um, but also my training was like kind of iffy going into it. Um, I had a lot of bad workouts, which I guess were fine, but it's kind of harder to have be that confident. Yeah. So comp, you're saying confidence was kind of low coming in. Um, 233, what were your splits? I didn't, I don't have them in front of me, Christina, but at the, just curious what you were at the half. At the half, one 17.30, I think. I remember okay. being at the half and seeing the clock and thinking that if I even split it, it would be exactly a 2.35. Nice. So you negative split. Amazing. I did, yes. I negative split. But when you were thinking that at the half, we were like, oh, crap, I've got to hold this. Or you were feeling, sounds like you were feeling pretty good. I don't know. At the half, I was like, there's no way. Actually, to be honest, what I'm pretty sure I thought at the half was, okay, I can afford a two-minute positive split. <laughs> still qualify for the trial they'll be fine nice nice playing mind games yeah and the weather was decent right i think we've talked talked to a few other athletes from houston sounds like temp was good but maybe it got a little windy too yeah it was kind of windy um so the wind didn't bother me quite as much as it could have because it was all in the middle so the last eight or so miles had like sort of a tailwind so it wasn't quite as bad as it could have been um i thought it was really cold but again i was coming from florida so my standard for cold was a little bit different. <laughs> I didn't particularly like racing in 30 degrees. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's not fun, especially in the start. Um, so 329, just it sounds absolutely crazy no matter what, but just curious, was what was the intention like leading up to the 329? I'm just curious. Um, what was what was the goal? Like were you really, you know, training with a time-based goal for that one, or was there a long layoff leading up to it? Um, so leading up to that marathon, I think I did. I mean, I had a goal to like, you know, run like as fast as like I personally could at the time. Um, but like I was coming out of college, I had been an 1835 K runner. So I think probably what I thought was reasonable was like in the lower three hours. Um, but I was still not running particularly high mileage at the time. I was running maybe like 60 something miles a week going into that race. Um, and I just like, wasn't, I didn't know many other marathoners at the time. I didn't know how to structure a marathon training plan. I didn't have a coach. So I think I just went into it very unprepared. Yeah. But 60 miles a week is pretty good. I mean, you're handling that. Okay. And it sounds like you enjoy doing a lot of miles. I do. Yes. Um, and yeah, I know a lot of people are able to run 60 miles a week and run really good marathons, but like something about me is just like, I don't do well on that kind of training. Like any kind of speed work just doesn't do anything for me. Did you have any workouts or races leading up to the 329 that indicated you should run a lot faster for the marathon or no? So before that race, I had done one half marathon and I think I ran a 127 at the half. So I think going into my first marathon, I wanted to run maybe like a little faster than 329, but... <laughs> I didn't, I just didn't do enough going into it. I didn't know anything about like race nutrition. Like I didn't know how many gels you were supposed to take in a marathon, like nothing. Yeah. So I walked a lot at the end of that marathon. 
things. You did. Okay. I was going to say did. the 127, the, the equip, the VDOT equivalent is 301 um, for the marathon. So I think, you know, thinking you could run low three hours is totally reasonable, especially off of 60 miles a week. I've seen people run that fast off of much less volume. Um, what did you do? You said nutrition, things like that. Did you go out hard or no? Just maybe first time at the rodeo. Yeah, I probably went out way too fast. I don't remember like all my splits and everything, but I definitely went out like closer to seven minute pace and then walked a lot in the last like six miles or so. Okay. But I also ran the Lake Placid Marathon, which is like an extremely hilly course. And I don't know why I chose that. That was a terrible decision. It was so hilly. Oh, so the 329 was Placid. Yes. Okay, that's a tough one for your debut. Yeah, I don't know. What, what made you that. choose that? Because you weren't living up there, right? No, I think it was just the only marathon that was like that time of year. It was in June that you could drive to from New Jersey. So I just picked it. <laughs> <laughs> There was no good reason for why I picked that. I like that strategy. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. So then how does get us just from your training perspective, like get us from there to 244? I mean, it's just massive. I think that was your PR before Houston. So it, that's in two years, roughly, right? Um, yeah. What the heck happened? Like from motivation, was it just like just the steady? Okay, we want to hear about how your training changed. But then did you just keep getting confident and more into it? And and how many marathons did you do between then? Just curious. So I ran so from 329 and then I did another marathon that fall and it was a similar time. And both of those, I didn't have a coach or a training plan or anything. I was kind of just like running just random runs, um, just whatever I felt like doing on the day. So those were, I didn't like prepare super well for them. And then I took kind of a break from marathoning I guess because of COVID so then it was a full year until my next marathon um and at that point like I had a coach sort of well I was in kind of a training group so like a couple people I would meet up with and we would like I would just do whatever workouts they were doing and like whatever runs they were doing but they knew more about marathons than me it was the first time I had really met other people who were also kind of training for longer races so I had a little bit more guidance and that was when I ran a 303 and then a couple months later I ran a 256. And where was that? The 256? So that was in Wilmington at the Wilmington Marathon. And that oh, was in April of 2021. Okay. And so you're running how much at that point for Wilmington? So I had increased my mileage a little bit more. I was running in like probably like 80 something miles a week for both okay. of those races. And you're in school or, or not at this point? Oh, yeah. So that was why I moved to Florida, actually. Um, I'm in a PhD program here for marine biology. So I was doing that at the time. Super cool. Um, and so you're juggling that and running 80 miles a week, but it sounds like it's working. Yeah. Yeah. It's not so bad. Um, <laughs> um, so 250, what was Wilmington? 250. 256, I think. 256. Okay. So you're just, and, and nothing from 256 on, is it, are you running even more than, is that like, oh, more I run, the faster I'm getting, or it's just accumulation and now you're doing smarter workouts, nutrition, things like that, that you're picking up? So after the 256, 
I was really unhappy with that race and not even necessarily the time, but just like, I felt like I didn't execute it very well. Like I had a really hard time the last like couple of miles. Um, and just overall just was not happy with that performance. So I on like literally on the plane home from that race, I had signed up for grandma's, which was seven weeks later. And I got a new coach on the way home from that race. Um, <laughs> nice. And so right away, I like the first thing that my new coach did was increase my mileage like a whole lot and kind of give me some more marathon specific workouts and give me better advice on like, you know, race nutrition, like how many gels I was supposed to take, what kind of shoes I was supposed to wear, like basic things that I just like didn't know I was supposed to be doing. Um, But then I, so I got up to like 110 miles a week going into grandma's and then I added in all that other stuff that helped a lot. And then that was where I ran 244. Wow. And were you pumped for that or were you wanting even more at that point? Yeah, I was thrilled. I didn't think I was going to run a 244. Like wow. I think I thought best case scenario, I would run like two four, like sub 250. Wow. But I don't know. What were you doing? Like when you ran in Wilmington, did you just, you were just taking like a few gels, I assume? Like I think not. I took two in the whole race. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, um, that's tough. Yeah, um, I just didn't know you were supposed to take them. I don't know how I didn't know that, but I didn't Well, it wasn't, I mean, maybe you did, but it wasn't like you were bonking. You did in your first, but it didn't seem like you hit the wall when you ran your 250s, right? A little bit. I don't know. It was questionable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then 244 um, down to 233, does the mileage go up again or is that just kind of where you settle in? And, um, and yeah. Like yeah. So going into the 233, I my peak mileage, which I only did for like two weeks, um, but my highest mileage was 134. Um, and I just had a very different kind of training approach going into that race. Um, like one thing that my new coach had done was I was doing more mileage um obviously but the workouts themselves were a little bit less intense than i had been doing before like i pretty much completely eliminated any speed work um and i was mm. not really doing anything much faster than threshold pace like i think threshold pace was like my maximum pace and i only was doing two workouts a week but it was just a more of a focus on like consistent high volume like aerobic easy running strength work or no do you are you doing much um I'm supposed to be doing strength work <laughs> in my training plan. I can't oh, yeah. really say I do it that frequently. Nice. I hope your coach is listening. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so really just a lot of miles, a little bit smarter in terms of what you're doing on race day. Um, and you're staying healthy through all this? Um. Yeah. So actually, the most injured I ever was in my running career was like those first couple of marathons where I was running like 60, 70 miles a week. Like I was injured all the time. I don't even know what was going on. Really? But just, yeah. Just adapting you think, to more training. I mean, was it, was there a difference in sleep, nutrition, anything else? Like, were you just running a little bit too hard all the time? Just curious. So I think... For me, so those kind of lower mileage training plans tended to have like most of the easy runs were really short, but then the long run was still long. And for me, having a weekly long run that was like really long compared to everything else I was doing, like just made me feel absolutely terrible. I don't know. 
why. Interesting. Um, okay. Like, yeah, I don't know how to explain it, but like, if I'm like above a hundred miles a week, all of a sudden everything just feels way better. Wow. And this is with juggling. So, are you still doing your PhD now or no? I am. Yeah. Okay. A couple more years of that. Don't be so excited. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm fascinated by. It. I wish we could talk more about marine biology. Um, and I want to hear stories. But I, how much faster can you go? Like, what's the goal moving forward from here? If you're willing to share, I'd, I'd love to know um, what you're looking at next. Like in your head, what's um, the motivating factor at this point? I just really like running. Honestly, I don't have a specific time goal. Like, I am signed up for another marathon. I'm running grandma's again in June. Okay. Um, but I don't have a particular time in mind for it. And I really didn't have a particular time in mind for any of my marathons. And I kind of think that that's helpful. I think that if you get too caught up on a, running a specific number, it kind of takes away from the race. And I think it can kind of be a little bit limiting. That's great. I, I think we should end on that note. So you, it sounds like you enjoy the process. I mean, everyone likes to talk about that and remind themselves, but it sounds like you really do enjoy the process more than um, sort of the end result. I really do. If I was just running and never raced again, like I would still be okay with that. Um, and if I never ran faster than 329, I would still be running marathons. I really just love running. That's awesome. All right, Christina, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Come in.